Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we're talking about how to optimize your business. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 41. 41. We're excited today to bring you this podcast because this is the second podcast that we're doing with a very special guest all the way from Los Angeles. Now, before I introduce the guest, of course, I couldn't do it without Heather Porter. Heather, are you there? Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in and having a listen. And yes, we are excited because we're bringing on another special guest. And we handpicked these special guests of ours because we know they're going to make a huge impact in what you're doing in your business. Shall we introduce who we have, Andrew? I think we should get started. We're not going to do our usual uh, what we learned this week because I think we're going to learn a lot on this call. So you're going to learn what we learn right alongside with us. Yeah, because I, I love this woman because I always get little golden nuggets from her on how to uh, optimize your business. So we're going to introduce the fabulous Melanie Benston Strick. Now, she's known as America's leading small business optimizer. And I have to tell you a little bit about her because she's quite impressive. So Melanie Benston Strick, she, like I said, she's America's leading small business optimizer. She has a gift, okay, you guys? She has a gift for guiding fast-paced, overwhelmed, driven entrepreneurs to thrive in their small business. Now, I know there's a lot of you guys listening to this right now. With over 13 years mentoring thought leaders and creative entrepreneurs, Melanie is a revenue strategist, uncovering costly breakdowns and derailers while re-energizing profits, ultimately freeing the entrepreneur to do more of what they do best. Now, one quick thing about her as well. So she's spoken all over the world. And actually, I met Melanie. That's the very first time I met her in Sydney on the stage. She was uh, speaking at a marketing uh, event. She's co-author of Entrepreneur.com Startup Guide to Starting an Information Marketing Business and has her success tips featured in magazines such as American Express, Open Forum, Woman's Day, Parenting Magazine, University of Phoenix, Alumni Magazine, and the LA Times. Man, Melanie, you are quite the gifted coach, mentor, and we're so excited to have you on our episode. Welcome. Thank you. I'm loving being here. I feel like I'm in this like uh, across the world experience right now. <laughs> <laughs> You are, you are. And you know, guys who are listening, Melanie got on and right when we uh, were about to hit the record button, she was saying, man, this is so funny because we have Heather with the American accent in Australia and then Andrew, who's over in, in California with the Australian um, accent. So it's quite funny. We're all over the place. Just uh, <laughs> I'll just hold down the California accent. <laughs> yeah. You keep it there. Just before um, you get started, I was looking at some stats for our podcast and just going on that around the world theme we're now downloaded in 63 countries so we are getting around the world so we'll have 63 different countries listening to it uh to it to this podcast so uh there's your little global experience right there from your little office 
Love it. It's a good one. Melody, before we get started, just ask you a few questions. And and um, obviously, some of these questions will be extracting information that, you know, we're, we're interested in using in our own business. But tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get attracted to working with entrepreneurs in the first place? Mm. Well, I actually started out my business in a completely different niche, in a completely different direction. <laughs> and what I realized was that there was a whole theme that every entrepreneur, every thought leader, every creative I met, they struggled to grow their business without falling into a quagmire of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I had this gift coming out of the Fortune 500 world that I could synthesize information very differently. And I had an ability to find the most powerful and the most profitable and viable ideas inside of all the bright, shiny objects that were coming at me and then create a path to get there very quickly. When I was in Fortune 500, I did a lot of things to get teams to help me achieve things. And I used a lot of leverage techniques. And I just realized that when I started to implement them in my own business and I was getting this huge trajectory and went into six figures very quickly and then got into seven figures very quickly and people were asking me, Melanie, can you teach me how to do what you're doing? Why, how are you moving so fast? How do you get so much done? How is it that you, you know, can actually still enjoy your life and grow this business? I realized entrepreneurs were my passion and I had this real desire to be able to share what I learned along the way to help more entrepreneurs be able to make their businesses lifestyle friendly Mm -hmm. as well as profit generators. And I personally, I think entrepreneurs are going to be the fuel of the world as we evolve. I think the way the corporate, uh, uh, you know, the corporations and that model is shifting. And I think entrepreneurs are powering our economy. I think they're powering our our um, our transformation. I think they're powering up uh, each community. And I think if we can make more entrepreneurs have better businesses and they're optimized for success, we're going to have a much happier world overall. That's that's my little pie in the sky view of it. Mm, I like that. What do you think, Andrew? I, I agree. I, I think uh, that the countries around the world are in a lot of trouble and that's the entrepreneurial revolution that's uh, going to get a lot, of, a lot of countries out of debt. And uh, I think you're spot on there. I think like you were saying with the whole idea of having a good lifestyle, I mean, that ultimately is why I think so many people go into business for themselves is they, they do believe that they can have it, everything that they want. They can travel, they can be with their family more, they can enjoy their hobbies more. But so many of us get started and we wear all these hats where suddenly the sale, head of sales, we're head of marketing, we're head of invoicing, customer service, and then we have to worry about staffing, growing a business, and it all becomes crazy. And that that vision of, you know, really what we want in our business kind of becomes deeper down the darker hole. So what um, why do you think capable entrepreneurs like really switched on people find themselves overwhelmed and stuck? What's the biggest issue and biggest reason behind this? Well, I think there's a couple things and you just hit it dead on and that we start our business for more freedom, for the ability to do the thing that we're inspired to start that business in the first place. And then we find ourselves in in something that acts a heck of a lot more like a job. And we've kind of built this trap for ourselves. And I think a big part of it is we don't know how to switch gears from the, the strategies we started our business with to the strategies that are required to be profitable and to enjoy our to enjoy some kind of freedom around it. 
so um, I, I see three distinct phases that entrepreneurs find themselves in. And one of them is called the striving phase. So we, we are striving to get our business off the ground. We're striving to get all this stuff figured out that we have to learn to create a business. And we're trying to figure out who our clients are. We're trying to figure out what's the right offering. We're striving to you know, get things off the ground and to get clients in the door. And there's just all of this energy and activity that's required. But oftentimes, there's very little traction in the striving. So the key marker that you know you're in striving is you have a lot of activity and very little results. And it's a very frustrating place to be. The second place I see a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is once you get things figured out and it's almost like this magic formula finally clicks in and you're starting to get some momentum and you start to work harder because you you think, aha, I have the magic formula now. I know what to do. I know how to make money. And you spend all this more and more time trying to get yourself further and further along and now you're in the driving phase and the drivers will not take the gas sorry their foot off the gas because they are so driven to accomplish more and be more and create more but inside of that there's still a lot of overwhelm because you don't know how to say no you don't know where your boundaries of time and energy are you're, you're constantly pushing yourself to the back trying to get to that next level that next level next level there's really never a next like an end to that journey. The thrivers, and the reason I bring this up is I think there's a real magic to thriving and to recognizing when it's time to, re to kind of release the striving and the thriving, or sorry, the striving and the thriving approach to be a thriver. That's because a thriver has a balance of big success, profitability, impact, but they have the ability to enjoy their life. And that's because they've learned how to use leverage. And they've learned how to optimize their business so that they can put the energy in that gets an exponential result. So it's literally that old adage, you put a little bit of effort into something and it gets this exponential result. Well, when your business is optimized, you're positioned to thrive. Things feel more effortless. You feel like you're in flow. You actually get to take time off. You actually get to enjoy your family. You can go on trips. You can, you know, you don't have to take your laptop with you on vacation. And please don't. I know neither <laughs> of you guys would do that, right? You would never take your laptop on vacation. We, we don't even own laptops. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but you have an iPhone. I've seen it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you have. <laughs> uh, I we, we own every device that's possibly communicable in the world, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the whole thing. Like, what's the point at a certain a certain stage of our life? We have to look at what are we really, you know, trying to accomplish. And when we have a business that's optimized, and you have a business that, that positions you to thrive, to me, that's that's the magic. That's what what we want to figure out how to do. Yeah, we, we find that a lot in our business. You know, we've got um, we do a lot of obviously website and uh, online marketing for people and they'll come to us you know because they're a they're a, a bricks and mortar business that is just doing their usual uh, work that they may have been good at what they did and they didn't want to work for a boss so they start their own company and what's happened in the last 10 years for our industry is that all of a sudden this social media thing comes on board and then everyone needs to have a Facebook page and everyone needs to have a social account and these poor people that started a business with what they knew how to do in their industry suddenly has to learn how to be a marketer and have all this extra stuff on it. And I think in the last 10 years, the amount of 
things that people have to do as an entrepreneur has just exploded, it seems. Um, and people are becoming so overwhelmed with so much of this sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what have you experienced that too? I, I guess you're experiencing that with different people that you work with as well, right? Well, you know, I see something really similar in, in most of the small business owners and entrepreneurs that come into my different programs. They are wanting to get their message or their core product or the thing that they're passionate about out in the world. But there's so much other junk and activity that they have to do that they're they're getting uninspired. And it's feeling very discouraging because they're thinking, I didn't want to do all this stuff. And I see it around marketing. I have to market my business, really. Like I have to like figure all this stuff out. I just want to, I just want to like coach, or I just want to, <laughs> I just want to make my widget. I don't want to have to figure all that other stuff out. And they get really daunted by trying to figure out that other piece. I see it around hiring help. You know, one of the things I teach is how to build dream teams. And I see people get so, either they they go unconscious and they hire people that can't possibly really live up to their needs because they're focused on the wrong getting the wrong solution for themselves or they're resisting hiring and they're they're under resourced and so they're doing so much themselves that they just keep piling more stuff on their plate and i think that there are so many different things we have to learn when we run a business we have to understand that if we're not in our zone of genius and we're not doing the thing that makes us the most money has the most impact and is going to actually exponentially grow, then our attention isn't on the most viable areas and we're losing time, we're losing money and we're losing energy. Um, one of the things that I learned along the way was that uh, inside the zone of your optimum performance, you will actually feel effortless. Hmm. And if you're not in that zone of effortlessness, you're actually deteriorating your ability to have the trajectory you're looking for. And the more time you spend in your zone of genius in that, that optimum performance zone, the more your company will actually grow because the things you do, it's almost like, you know, you've ever been on a ski slope or something there at the top of a mountain and it's all snowy and mm -hmm. you make a snowball and it goes down and it takes all the snow and it gets bigger and it goes faster. Oh, yeah. When you're in your zone and you're doing the things that you love, you have so much more energy. You, you're unstoppable. You don't want to stop. And everything gets contagious and it builds momentum and trajectory and, and you just feel like your business is growing exponentially. But when you're doing a lot of things that you don't do well, or your business isn't designed for leverage, and you're 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 you know you don't have the right exchange of energy for the value mm -hmm. proposition, mm -hmm. you will literally be cutting off the, the your ability to have life force in your business. Yeah. So, what are some specific things then? Because uh, I know there's so many people right there at that moment, right now, listening to this, and they're thinking, "That's that's me." You're talking to me. How do you get from that moment of you know, not really being in the zone to getting back in the zone. What are some of the specific things that, that people can do? Yeah, so this is uh, this is the core three. The first thing you have to do is you have to know what makes you money. And you have to understand, are the things that make me money things that I like to do or do I have to hire someone else to do them for me? Because I'm just never going to do them. I'm going to procrastinate them. I don't do them well. And you need to get help. And that's where you can hire consultants like any of us. We all uh, offer different services that can help people figure out how to get to the next level. You might need to hire an assistant. 
you need to, might need to hire a contractor. You need to hire someone who's a specialist in that area so you're not burning time and energy trying to figure it out. So that's one. You need to get things off your plate that, that are I, – I, here's my mantra. Get things off your plate that someone else can do better, faster, or cheaper than you. Mm -hmm. The second pillar of this is you have to understand the difference between doing more and doing less well. And this is a huge paradigm shifter for people, huge paradigm shifter. And it's because a lot of people mistake creating more income with getting more stuff out there. It's not about getting more stuff out there. It's about getting the things out that will are, will hit the sweet spot. They'll hit your market. It's the right profit points. And, you know, people are craving. It solves the problem that they're running around trying to fix. And then do those things really well and keep maxing out on those things. And now you've streamlined your energy and what has to get moved out in the world. And you can make the things you have exponentially better. Mm. And that's such a huge paradigm shifter for people that takes you out of the overwhelm. It makes everything you have work better. And this, the third part of it is figure out where the profit is and do more of what's profitable. Again, most people have no idea what makes them the most money, what costs them the most to get out there. And when you when you start to sync up these three things, you'll recognize that your business works better, more people are running and attracting to whatever it is you do. Mm. And think let's think of Apple for for a minute. Apple has got it down, especially when they started. They they did two or three things really, really well. Mm -hmm. And they just focused on getting as much out as they could. They they first of all they had their deal with uh, AT&T. They focused on saturating the marketplace. Then when that got tapped out, they went to getting other service providers to carry their phones and their devices. And now they're starting to expand into other product lines because they waited till they were maxed out to add more. The yeah. biggest mistake entrepreneurs make is get a bunch of stuff out there and now they're trying to move all those trains and none of them are going to move very fast. It's funny, it's funny yeah. you say that because, you know, Heather and I are looking through our business over the last couple yeah. of months. We've, we've, uh, we've gone through that exact uh, exact phase. You know, we had, a, we had a lot of stuff. We still have a lot of stuff, but we've cut a lot of it out because we know that the focus needs to be on the stuff that brings us the money um, and makes and enables us to work smarter, not harder. Because you know we we work we work long hours. We enjoy what we do. So some of it's not you know it's strictly work, but it's it's all part of that. But we know that we've got to cut. We have cut down a lot of our stuff. So we really cut down and narrowed our focus right now to the things that work for us. And I know so. Andrew, one thing too that we're doing is a big part of what you know, I think where we were getting caught is trying to customize a little bit too much across the board. Yes. And our big thing right now is actually, no, we, we, we have a formula, we have a system that works. So what are we doing all this customization for when, when actually we can have these, this formula and roll that out and just have everybody go through the same program. Therefore, you know, it saves everyone time and everyone knows the expectations that they're going to get as well. Yeah. And it eliminates mistakes yes. because every time you create something new, there's the possibility that it may or may not work. And I always tell people creation is 10 times more expensive than optimization. Mm. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to touch on something 
before um, before we move on, and something you said earlier, um, and you're talking about people that were uninspired. They got uninspired because of the overwhelm that came in, and there were so many hats that they were wearing. What what do you think? Uh, how much does mindset play? Do you think in having an optimized business? You know, I think mindset is the key to success in all areas. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. The way your brain focuses is going to dictate what you put into action in your business. Mm -hmm. And for many people, when they're focused on the wrong things, they're focused on low-level payoff, they found themselves in this um, you know, you're getting really busy and you're overwhelmed and I call it the busy addiction and you're just in the get through the day, get through the day. You can't focus on the things that have the highest growth potential. You're not going to be optimizing your business. So when you when you do the mindset check in and you say, what am I telling myself? What many people are telling themselves is if I work harder, I'll be more successful. Or they know they're in a problem, like I have a client right now who's in a lot of financial pain. And his strategy is, I'm just going to work through the night to get there. But he's making bigger messes because he's so exhausted. He can't see straight. He's not making good decisions. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, you got to stop because your mindset is plugged into fixing problems instead of aligning with where do I really want to be and just getting rid of all the stuff that's in the way. So our mindset is the most powerful catalyst for optimization and for alignment with bigger success. And you, we've all studied with the same person on, on uh, mindset and all of that from the get-go, but you know, there's two things you can look at. Do the results you have right now match your deepest desire? Mm -hmm. And secondly, is the way I'm getting there making me happy or feeling overwhelming and stressful? And if the answer to either of those isn't a resounding, oh yeah, I'm on the right on the right path, I'm exactly where I want to be, this is awesome, this is fun, then your mindset needs a tune-up. And you have to you have to tune in your mindset to be able to take you where you want to go in a more streamlined and a more effortless and in a more optimized way. Mm. I like I like um, the guy you spoke about who you know works all night, I think um, a lot of us can see ourselves in that position somewhere <laughs> along the way. We've all been that guy. Now, um, how how does uh, how would he know that he's doing the wrong thing? Like he, he's obviously going ahead thinking that he's done the right thing by working mm -hmm. harder. How can uh, how can someone know whether they're actually focused on the wrong strategy or not? Because you are working harder and you're working a lot and you're actually not producing a level of output that is that makes any sense compared to the level of input. So there's, it's go back to the 80-20 rule. 80% of your effort is going into things that are getting less than 20% of the results. Yeah. That equation is completely upside down and wrong. You want to be spending 20% of your time on things that are getting 80% of the results. Yeah. And when that's an optimization technique is, what do I put the least amount of effort in that gets me the best results? Mm -hmm. And what happens is many of us get caught up in this uh, tractor beam that just keeps pulling us into more of the quagmire and more of the mess and more of the stuff because we feel so we don't know how to get out of it. And the reason why I brought up the he works himself through the night is I forgot to connect the dots on this is that what happens is instead of th saying, 
how do I need to shift my focus and shift my what my what I'm telling myself and shift the story I'm making up about all this? I just am going to work harder, and I'll and I'll just through pure force and and will, I'm going to make it happen. Wow. And an interesting thing about mindset is if you change what you're focused on, you change the story you're making up, and you start to shift your attitude mentally, mm. then all of a sudden you're you're going to start sorting out your priorities better and you're going to make better decisions and you're going to be more productive and effective. So really all is it starts with that moment where you have a realization and you say, you know what, I'm working really hard. Um, not a lot is actually improving in my business. And the first step really is looking at what you're telling yourself, right? And your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And when people come in and they're upside down in their performance equation and they're working really hard, getting very little results, I always go to the mindset first. But okay. then the second step behind that is we have to look at what's getting your attention. We, we we were talking about those three things to look at. We have to look at what gets your attention the most in your business. And it's usually a couple different things. One, you're sucked into the day-to-day -day operations and you become you know, you're basically sucked into the weeds and you don't feel like anybody else on your team or you don't have a team can actually get it fixed. And you, you have allowed yourself to get pulled out of the role you're supposed to be in to quote unquote, fix the problem or fix the business. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's lethal because now you're, now you're out of the game of leading your business and you're sucked into the day-to-day -day operations of the business. That's really difficult to grow exponentially when you're in that place. Um, another quick um, insight around that is that you'll find that when you are doing things that somebody else can do better, faster, or cheaper than you, and you do them, you are actually uh, in what we call opportunity cost. Mm. You're spending time and energy on things that are costing you money instead of making you money. Mm. Do you have any tips for people on where to get help? So when they're in that moment and they go, yeah, you know what? I, I should not be doing this in my business. What, what next? What do they need to do next? Well, the first exercise I have people do uh, when I take them through the team building process is I always have them do an exercise to figure out what's taking up the most time. What are you spending time on that, that you know, is sucking you out of the, the, the week so you end up having hours and hours and hours gone? Then I look at what should be getting done that's not getting done. What are the things that could really impact your growth but you never have time for? And guess what is always on that list? Marketing. <laughs> like, you know, that's the thing that people can't keep up with. Yeah. And then um, we, what we do then is we make a little design of, all right, so if this is what needs to get done and if these are the things that you're spending time on that you shouldn't, how could we get someone else to take some of these tasks and activities off your plate? So then we'll design some sort of a, uh, like an assistant role, or we might look at someone who can actually get marketing done for them, or maybe there's technology that they need help with getting their websites done, and they're sitting there trying to learn how to do WordPress themselves. So then we design what I consider the dream team, and we look at who are the people and the support systems they need so that they can stay focused on the activities and the tasks that are going to propel them forward, but continue to get the other things done that are, aren't going to help them grow their business. It's just that they don't need to be doing them. You guys remember the four hour work week with Timothy mm -hmm. Ferris? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. There's this great quote in there, and I love this quote. I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, but 
He said, your job when you're outsourcing and delegating, it's not just to get more done. It's to free you up so that you can focus on your bigger opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. One thing, too, I I think that a lot of entrepreneurs torture ourselves, me included, in the fact that, you know, you, you think you should be better at staffing and better at managing mm-hmm. people. And somehow, because you are growing a business, you think, well, I should be better at that. I'm, what, why am I constantly getting caught up in staffing and human resources? And, and um, the one thing somebody told me not too long ago was, if you don't have a background in management in corporate, you actually have never really been given the systems to, to know how to do it. And it's okay. So like that's what I love what you're saying, Melanie, is starting – in your mind and realizing that yes you do need help because we all can't do it alone and then looking at what you're not doing well in your business and why you're spinning your wheels and then whatever it takes get some some people get that dream team behind you to go to that next level yeah and you brought up something really important this idea that um, many of us wonder why am I not getting more effective support why do I hire people that make me crazy instead of really able to do what I need them to do or why is it that over time I feel like I'm outgrowing my team and most entrepreneurs do not want to manage in the first place and mm. secondly we're not trained to be leaders or managers we're trained we you know we found something we love to do mm. and we want to do that we don't want to have to do all that other stuff and you know it's kind of funny I I mentioned earlier the Build Your Dream Team program. I started teaching that because I, even though I ran teams successfully for 10 years when I worked for Motorola, Mm. I, when I went out on my own, made a million mistakes. And it's almost like there's a switch in our head that when we're on our own, we don't always remember to do the things that we did well for a corporation. And or just because you work for a corporation doesn't mean you ever had the experience to really cultivate your leadership experience. And there's so many things that we unconsciously do that screw up our teams, that screw up our efficiency, that make our teams unprofitable, that burn out people and make them want to leave us. (laughs) And, you know, it's just we have to learn a better way. And, And anyway, that's how I fell into teaching Build Your Dream Team, because I realized after I brought my corporate background and then made those mistakes as an entrepreneur and kind of synthesized, what do we need to learn? How do we, how do we pay for our team? How do we manage them without becoming managers? How do we make sure that we're getting the right things done in the right order? It was a real, it was like a, it was a magical dance to figure out. Mm, yeah. So you're right. Most people don't know how to do it and then they struggle with it or they give up on it and go back to trying to do it all themselves. And that's not really going to, get them where they want to be either. Yeah, it puts them in that vicious cycle of uh, becoming a, an entrepreneur and then, a, and then a manager and it just becomes a real mess, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know what ends up happening, and I know this happened to me and maybe you guys can relate to this or have you seen it, is um, many of us become the bottleneck to <laughs> team stability. We're, oh, we're, right? laughing, we're laughing the loudest. <laughs> we certainly know. This one. So, yes. so in, in many of the clients I worked with who had been hiring, the the more um, we might say the more sophisticated entrepreneur who's already gone through that cycle, but they still can't figure out why running this team is so difficult for them. It's because they've hit the bottleneck stage, and their every approval, every decision, every task, everything has to go through that person or, or the the partnership. 
And what happens is you're still not really freed up to do the things that only you can do. Now you're managing people and projects and you've just exchanged being a doer for being a manager. And that's not really the equation either. So a big part of learning how to lead and really learning how to develop these teams is to understand when you're becoming the bottleneck and how to empower and uh, other people and how to hire the right people who can take ownership rather than require you to direct every single activity. And it's a, it's a hiring strategy and then it, it becomes a training and leadership uh, approach. I love it. <laughs> Definitely love it. It's hitting a chord with us because I think we've been through some of this stuff over the last 12, 18 months and uh, it certainly resonates because uh, we understand exactly it's what a, it's saying. a It's a fine dance, like a fine line of empowering and getting people to create systems and then also and letting go, but also still managing and persuading and inspiring a team to to follow a mission and a vision you know it's, it's like a really fine line that we found and it, you kind of go back and forth as you're growing uh, and building products and services yeah you know what would be really cool is why don't we each share one of the signs that we became aware of where we were the bottleneck because i think if somebody is listening into this i can say all of them but it might have more meaning and power to hear from you what one of your signs were since you're recognizing that was a big growing edge for you and here's one that i personally um experienced and i've seen in my clients is that um the sign was i was taking back work that i was giving to someone else because in my mind i was thinking i can get this done faster uh. <laughs> Okay, so that was one of mine. Andrew, how about you? Do you have one that was well, like a sign know, for you? You know, actually, it was um, <clears throat> Heather and I were both at an event. We were listening to a guy who um, wrote a book about this sort of stuff, and he was talking about um, as an entrepreneur, you're the visionary aspect of, the, of your business, and you are the one who's coming up with these ideas. You're the one who's going to come up with this new system or whatever it is that is happening in your business, but you're also the person that has to fix up the problems, talk to the customers, deal with the staff, deal with payroll, do your accounting, do the legals. And I think it was that, at that point when I realized that's us, that's us in a nutshell. We, we are doing all of that and when we concentrate on one of those things, being the manager, we're not being the visionary. And when you're being the visionary, you're not concentrating on managing your team. And um, I think it was at that point when I realized Wow, we we are the people that are holding us back because we're not we're not letting one of these items go, yeah. and uh, I think that was um and um, you know you remember the time that was happening Heather, mm-hmm. that, uh, it was like it was almost like this guy in a room full of three hundred people he was just talking to us. <laughs> he's like <laughs> those are the magical moments. <laughs> yeah, we're like it's just us. There's no one else in the room. It's just us, and it, and it, yeah. it wasn't, but it felt like that was exactly what was happening, and that was. That was the thing. It was a big realization that at that point where we're like, "Wow, we need to uh, we need to stop one of these things." And I know which one it was going to be. So yeah, but. yeah. And, oh God, I remember that well. And <laughs> for for me, it's been uh, you know we've been really fortunate, I think, to have pretty much a referral business where you know we get a lot of clients coming in just through referrals. But a big moment for me was when we had a whole load of referrals coming in at once and we weren't able to follow up with them properly just because of, I guess, 
um, holding on too much to the systems of bringing a client on and uh, knowing what to do in that growth phase of, of when we have project managers that are stretched for time in our team and, and being able to trust them enough to handle it. So it was more about the growth and feeling in that moment that maybe we hadn't set up a big enough foundation or a good enough foundation to scale. Yeah. And, you know, here's the question that I know is going to come up in someone's mind right now if they're listening to us is like, well, that's all well and good, but what do I do? Yes, that's right. So let me give a couple of doing level things. So what you were just describing, Heather, is um, there's a system that you create that allows you to train someone else or to um, help someone else know what to do so that you can let go and let other people take it on. So you might, and you probably already have done this now, but you would create a uh, a process for how do we evaluate and onboard a client and you start looking for where's the biggest amount of energy that goes out that I don't have to personally do and then what do I personally have to do or what can someone else do to help free me up mm -hmm. and then you look at strategies like all right so if I'm always the manager what parts of managing are taking up the most of our energy and where could we empower uh, other people to take ownership of roles train them how to be an owner and give them uh, not only strategies, but, but give them uh, authority to make better decisions on their own. So that might be training, it might be some criteria, it might be checklists. So one of the things I do in my business, because I get a, I get a ton of um, speaking requests mm -hmm. all the time. We're constantly bombarded with speaking requests. And some of them are great, like the opportunity to come and connect with you guys today. And then some of them probably aren't such a good use of my time and energy. So I have a set of criteria that they, my team will evaluate before it gets to me. And then I'm not having to evaluate everything that comes in. They're looking at it and then they bring to me in our staff meeting the top two to three picks that they think we should move on. Mm -hmm. I've empowered them to sort it out, given them the tools and then I get to make the high level decision and eventually they can probably just make decisions and tell me where to go, you know, yeah. <laughs> show up at this event over here, Melanie, it's all taken care of. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Wow. Um, Melanie, thank you so much. I mean, just what you're sharing is, is such a wonderful reminder of what we're doing in our own business. And I know that there's so many people just thinking, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me go one more day without feeling not so alone, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. so overwhelmed and knowing that I can get out of what I'm in right now. Um, if, if people were wanting to look at building a dream team and how to actually change their mindset and go from where they are now to optimizing their business, what do you have? What sort of resources do you have to help them out? Sure. We have a, actually, I'd love to share just a couple of free gifts that I think anybody could take advantage of right away. If you go to our website at successconnections.com, uh, on that website, there is a free training that I do called the Entrepreneur's Secret Weapon. And that training is going to take you deeper into all the different strategies and techniques around building a team and what you need to do and will help you see what that system is that you need to put into place to get better results with leveraging other people's time and talent. And it's one of the best ways I know to accelerate results. And there's also a, a really awesome manifesto on that page. It's called the 15 most commonly untapped strategies for exponential growth and impact. And what I do is I outline when I'm working more in depth with a client, I, I 
will look for these 15 points. How well are you using them to grow your business? And it's free. You can download it. You can take a look at it for yourself. You can, uh, you know, I show some different case studies of how people put them in action. And it's a great tool to help you start start looking at where can I be getting more traction mm-hmm. by tapping into some of these things that I might not be using right now. Brilliant. And as always, guys, we'll have this on our website, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And just head on over to the episode. Where are we at? We're number 41, aren't we right now? 41, number 41. 41. Head on over to 41 and we'll have the links to all these wonderful resources so you can go and check them out and learn a little bit more about Melanie and actually see a photo of Melanie because as this is audio, it's always a challenge because you think, what does she look like? (laughs) So (laughs) we'll stick that on. Hey, um, before we go, Melanie, I've got a question for you. This is not even related to any of this but i know you're an avid fan of great beaches around the world Ah. what what is what is your favorite beach what's the favorite beach what's the best beach you've ever been to oh my gosh what a tough question there have been so many amazing ones um well one of my favorites was in uh, the gold coast of australia when i was there a couple years ago Uh um you know, the beach I got married on is always going to be one of my favorites. That was in Fiji. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, hard to beat, beat that one. Uh, I actually, I love St. John. Uh, we're actually going to the Dominican Republic this fall to, for a week, and I'm looking forward to that one because I did love that area. But I have to say St. John is a really beautiful area as well. I don't know. There's so many great ones. Hawaii. How can I pick? Can I add this? If I can add the snorkeling part, then that's a no-brainer. That would be St. John. That was that was absolutely the best experience ever. Awesome, awesome. Heather, what's your best beach? Gosh, put me on the spot. Why don't you? You, you <laughs> no, live at the beach, so you can just say you. I live at the, at the beach. beach. I know. I mean, gosh, you know. I, I've I've loved Hawaii. Um, yeah, look, I love where I live. I think I am so blessed to be living in northern beaches of Sydney, Australia. There's just beauty, beauty, beauty up here. So there you go. Definitely. Andrew, what about you? I think mine would have to be Whitehaven Beach on, the, on one of the islands uh, up near Airlie Beach, up in the Whitsundays. Beautiful crystal white sand, beautiful blue water, just amazing, amazing. All right. But anyway, I just I just thought I'd ask you that because I know you're a big fan of beaches. <laughs> I do. I'm in search of the best spas and beaches in the world. I love it. I love it. It's my love mission. It. Well done. Good mission. <laughs> well, but thank you. Thanks for sharing all that info again. That was just awesome. Uh, I'm going to go back and listen to it. You can also get the, the transcript too. So if you like to read this sort of stuff, Heather, how do they get the transcripts of this podcast? Yeah, pop on over autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And we actually have a little sign up box there where you can stay on top of our latest episodes and you automatically will get access to our transcripts of our episodes when you sign up. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to come play with you guys today and share some of these strategies around optimization. Oh, it was great having you. Thank you. I mean, a lot of what you said really um, is going to stick with me as a business owner. And I hope that everyone else all over the world listening right now knows that you're not alone. And yes, you have fantastic resources at your fingertip to grow your business. Thanks again, Melanie. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.